This morning, I want to invite your attention to Judges chapter 13. Judges chapter 13. We've already read the text for this morning, and so we stood for that reading in honor of God's Word. But I want us together to unfold the truth that is there as we look together at the life of Samson. In our chronological study of 2019, we've walked straight through beginning in Genesis, and now we find ourselves in the era of the judges, a time frame where uh, the people of God would uh, rebel and do their own thing. And as they did, God would allow the consequence of that rebellion to be captors to come in and take them over. And as he would take them into a foreign land in, in retribution, they would cry out to him. They would, in desperation, long for him to, to do something. And he would send a deliverer. And the cycle would repeat over and over again. Hopefully you found Judges chapter 13 by now. Now I want you to look this way. Because I want to paint a picture for you, and I want you to imagine with me an unthinkable set of circumstances, an unthinkable chain of events. Imagine, if you will, an enemy of the United States forces its way in invasion upon our nation, dismantles our government, takes over all of the operation. Of America. Imagine, if you will, as unthinkable as that might be, tanks rolling down the streets of Washington, D.C., the flag of a foreign nation over the White House, monuments toppled for fun just because they can, checkpoints all along the interstates. Harassment in the street for you to show verifiable documents. Not just any nation has come in and invaded us, but a, an enemy nation. A nation that hates us and take great pleasure in the atrocities that they can enact upon us. Not only are there checkpoints along the interstate, there are cameras at every intersection. And cameras all throughout life. It seems that you can't get away with anything because of the watching eye of this invading, ruling country. Can you imagine at least that with me for a moment? I, I know it seems unthinkable, but you've seen enough movies that you can see the prospect. It seems absolutely unheard of. But imagine that this nation commits such unbelievable atrocities against innocent people, and, and they make a spectacle and mock us and do all that they can simply, again, because they can, because there's no place for you to air your grievance. Nobody wants to listen. Armed soldiers flex their muscles on citizens daily by making demands to see your credentials. Taxes and financial demands that cannot be refused. Resistance brings retaliation. Many are carted off to prison and locked away there. Not given ample provision. Not cared for at all. This image that I've described for you, this picture, this scenario takes us to the condition of the people of God in Judges 13.1. Look there with me if you will. Again, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight, so the Lord handed them over to the Philistines who oppressed them for how long? Help me out. For 40 years. The Lord had delivered his people into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. They had no king. 
They had no army. I'm not reading. I'm, I'm just moving forward. We're just doing that first verse for it now. They had no king. They had no army. They're under the strong arm of an oppressive tyranny, the Philistines, a, a nation that hated them, a, a nation that had, had stood up against them for 40 years. Imagine this with me. There are people that grew up. They're in their 20s, their 30s, their mid-30s, their 37, 38, 39, and they've never known anything but oppression. They grew up and they said, I know that I'm an Israelite, yet the Philistines rule here. We answer to them. We do what they tell us to do. We give what they demand of us. They're in charge. And you would begin to give way, not just fear. I mean, decades into this thing, your fear would become frustration. And your frustration would become futility. This nightmare of living hell on earth under the oppressive hand of another nation would bring deep pain and fear and frustration and in the middle of all that you would cry out to God where will we find deliverance how can we find comfort and God hears that prayer of his people look with me at verse 2 and following in those days, a man named Manoah from the tribe of Dan lived now near the town of Zorah. His wife was unable to become pregnant, and they had no children. The angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah's wife and said, Even though that you've been unable to have children, you soon will become pregnant and give birth to a son. So be careful. You must not drink wine or any other alcoholic drink, nor eat any forbidden food. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and his hair must never be cut, for he will be dedicated to God. As a Nazarite from birth, he will begin to rescue Israel from the Philistines. Now, there's some strange things there that you may not understand. Before we get into some life application that we'll draw out of the life of Samson today, I want you to learn some truths about him. Four things you need to hear. You may want to scribble these down. Four things that I want you to see about his life. First, Samson was a gifted believer. A gifted believer. Some of you say, are you talking about the same guy that I've read about? Well, we'll look at his character flaws in a moment, but he was a gifted believer. Why would you say that, Pastor? Well, the book of Hebrews lists him in the hall of faith. He was a man of faith. He's listed there as one of many in this roll call of faith. And so I anticipate meeting Samson in heaven. There are others in Scripture that I will not meet in heaven. There are those that turned away from God. They did not believe in God, and they will spend eternity separated from God, but Samson's not one of them. He is a man of faith, and he's gifted, and here's what I mean by that. Uh, Pastor Joe read just a little while ago, verse 24, and it says this, When her son was born, she named him Samson. And the Lord blessed him as he grew up, and the Spirit of the Lord began to stir him. His great strength that we'll learn about is a spiritual gift. The Spirit of God literally worked in the life of this man of faith. And so I don't want you to lose sight of this. When we think about Samson, this one who is a deliverer that God used after the people cried out, 40 years of oppression, he was a gifted believer, a man of faith. Secondly, I want you to see this. He was also set apart for a very special service. Now, all of this talk about the mother not drinking alcohol or doing other things, forbidden foods such as grapes or anything from the vine, 
had to do with a unique dedication of a person to the Lord back in Numbers chapter 6. There was a vow that a person could make. It was a Nazarite vow. And a Nazarite vow simply meant that during the duration of that vow, they would not drink alcohol, they would not eat certain foods, they would not cut their hair at all. Typically, this vow lasted from six months to a year to even seven years. But Samson was different. God instructed Manoah's wife in this way. He said he's going to be set apart for life. All of his life he will be consecrated to me, set apart for my service, consecrated and set apart for my work in his heart and in his life. And so you need to see that not only was he a gifted believer, but he had a very specific calling on his life. God had set him apart for a unique service. And it's interesting to think about this vow being placed over him for life. Number three, I want you to see this. He was a courageous hero. He's ready to put up a fight for the liberation of his people. We're going to see this in several different ways. Uh, there's at one point the people have been so brutalized, uh, but valor and strength are his. He's quick to stand up. He grabbed the jawbone of a donkey and killed 1,000 Philistines. And before you march off into high moral ground and say we should just be uh, floored that he would kill them and, and, and you begin to take some moral edge, recognize the wickedness of these Philistines, the, the brutality of these people against God's people and the heinous acts that they do. I don't know if you've read the book of Judges, but all throughout we see wickedness that happens. We have been astounded by some of the stories. There are some, it is a long, strange trip, if you will. It, there are fascinating things here. But the Philistines were wicked people, and Samson would stand up against them. He's a courageous hero. I also want you to write this down. This is the fourth and final thing. Samson was an irresponsible fool. He, he made horrible choices. If we were to follow the, the line downward, the spiral of his life, over and over again, we'd see he looked, he lusted, he leapt. <laughs> he, he would look at something he wanted, he lusted after it, and he just jumped in both feet. Samson was a man who did foolish, foolish things. I, I asked this question in my notes this week. I, I don't know if I want to cheer for him or weep over him. I mean, how in the world can a man so gifted by God be so foolish as a decision maker? And in a strange way, it brings me comfort to know that God can use flawed people like Samson and like Scott. Maybe you need to write your name in there. Now, we don't want to follow that path. We don't want to be irresponsible fools. Hopefully, we would be people of great faith that were gifted by the Holy Spirit and set apart for God's work. And that's the path I want you to follow. And young people, if you're a student here, if you're from college down, I want to speak very clearly into your life some things from Samson's life. And there are life lessons for all of us to see. But as we ask that question, how can a man so gifted be so...